everyone. It's Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer some more questions, but I'm also going to share a couple of stories, a couple of things with you. And I may do a tarot reading as well. Let's see how it goes with the questions, how long it takes. So before I go into that, I just want to talk about something, something I brought up in Membership for Your Soul that I'd like to bring up to all of you. I uh, did a couple of lives and um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about moving into 2022, and I'm already feeling like it's going to be like, and I don't want you to hear this the wrong way, an intense type of energy. Now we're already like witnessing a lot of intensity. So that might be freaking some of you out because you hear the word intense as scared or fear or anxiety. But what I mean by intensity is very focused energy. So I was talking with my community and membership for your soul. And I was saying to them that we need to get super clear in what it is that we want to achieve and to take action steps towards it, to really move it forward so that you're kind of riding along the waves, you're riding the waves in 2022, as opposed to crashing into them or getting sucked under them. So I want you to really think about what it is that you would like to achieve. So another thing that we did in membership that I shared with membership, I was um, putting together the SAS, the SAS experience videos. So I'm working on um, the SAS experience and I'm putting together the videos and I was putting together synchronicity part two and I started sharing my own personal story about how synchronicity worked in my life and how I moved up here. And I was going through, I was like, you know what, let me get a couple of pictures out of my picture thing on my Mac to add to the slides, just to add some personal touch. And as I was going through the pictures, they were chronological. I was getting completely blown away by them. I was like, holy mackerel. Each picture was showing the synchronicity that was going on in my life, the signs and the symbols. And of course, as much as I, I know how to read signs and symbols, I didn't know how much they were leading me to the end result because I wasn't there yet, right? I was on the journey. But looking back at them, I was blown away like, oh my goodness, the owl appeared back then and the heart in the, the hike and then the other heart in the hike. And, and by the dates, I was remembering where I was and what was going on in my mental state with this move. Like there was, there's a whole story that you can experience in the SAS experience where I share everything that went on. So with that, I went into membership and I said to them, you know, I really want you to think where, and I share this with all of you because I want you to do this too. Think about where you are today, a goal that you may have achieved or a goal that you may be close to achieving and go into your pictures and go into chronological order of your pictures and look at the journey, go back a year or two and look at the journey you went on to get where you are today. And you're going to be quite surprised, I feel, by the choices you've made and the, the things that the universe was showing you. Well, you'll remember certain mental states and how you shifted a mental state. Like at one point, I remember feeling crushed by a presentation I did and I was told that something wasn't going to work. And I, and the way I, and when that was said to me, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to leave LA. And I sat down in the chair and I just started bawling my eyes out. And in that instant too, I said, okay, well, we've got to shift. We got to change it because look at how much I, like at that moment, I realized when I sat down and cried, how badly I needed to leave LA. Cause I didn't realize how badly I needed until someone said that it may not work. And I was like, I sat down, I was like, I can't do it. I can't stay there. And um, that was a catalyst, a catapulting moment into the next choice I made. I went into solution-based thinking. 
So I want to invite you to do that with yourself because I feel like what you'll do is you'll find out like, wow, um, the universe really does support me. Synchronicity, the way I teach it in the SAS experience is not about just good fortune or luck. There's a lot to it. And there's a lot of information that the universe is constantly providing us. And it's how we're reading the information, choices we're making in the moment, things like that. So I would invite you to do that because I want you to... I want you to celebrate yourself for where you're at and where you came from because too many times we're focused on what hasn't appeared yet. And if we focus on, wow, look at what we've done to get where we are, even you may want to change some things. You may be like, you know, I did make a mistake there or I'm not making great choices here and I have to do that or I promised to leave my job and I'm still in it. It's going to reawaken something in you that I think is going to be very beneficial as we're moving towards the end of this year into 2022. Okay. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go into the questions and read some of the questions and um, answer them. And I would like you first, before we do that, to think of your own question. Now, a lot of these questions are questions about psychic ability and opening up, and they're really some cool questions. But usually when I do this on membership, what I have people do is I have them pull out a piece of paper and a pen. I have them think of a question that they have about their own lives And then anything that I say that resonates with them, hits their heart, feels right, I have them write it down. And by the end of the call, they have a reading for themselves. And many times people are like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know I had that question and I have that and that got answered and it's great and it puts moves them into the next level of living. So I'm going to answer some of these questions and I but at first I want you to I want you to really be active with me. And even though I may be answering like a question about scrying, what scrying is or how to get into a certain type of energetic I want you to just listen to the advice and write it down. It, especially out of context, it's a really cool exercise to do because you'll be like, I don't know what blah, blah, blah's question has to do with my question. And then I'm telling you before long, you're like, holy mackerel at the end, when you read it, you're like, that answers it. Or it gets you into the next phase of your life. It moves you past something and helps you to think about things differently. Um, Like I said, we do this all the time and I even do it on Jennifer McLean's uh, membership. I gave it to her and she's like, we use it all the time. It's amazing. So that's what I want you to do. So think now of a question you may have. Everybody take a deep breath. Okay, let's see who we have next. The next one is Deborah. Deborah is new to the membership community. She says, hi, beautiful people. Love to be here. When I communicate with my guides, it is very physical. That's really nice. I can enjoy hours of that light and love flowing through me. Writing, I feel different guides, like different uh, conscious parts of me. Lately, I had an earache on the left. Now when I make contact, a soft, powerful energy flows into my ear and goes straight to my heart. I hear no words or sound, and yet it has a language. It is so different, and at the same time, it makes me remember. I know this energy. I would love to communicate and co-create with them. Do you have a suggestion for me? Love, Deborah. So first of all, we talked about in episode uh, 52, I talked about clairaudience and a lot about what you can do with clairaudience when energy is flowing through your ear. And it's definitely a reawakening of your clairaudience, which is clear hearing, which lives in your throat chakra and, but can be in your, you can hear in your ear, you can hear, you could hear in your nose, like you are the instrument. That's what I keep teaching everybody. She's hearing in our heart, but she's hearing something different. And we're going to talk about that in a second. So if you have questions as how to open up to clairaudience, definitely go back to episode 52 and check that out because 
just, I don't want to repeat everything that I've repeated already. Deborah, I feel like, and I feel like you may have mentioned this before, but I feel like this is a light language. This is not something that I do. People in my community definitely do it in membership. So reach out to them, but I can still answer this question for you. So our brains wants to make sense. They want to, wants to make sense of everything. So you're feeling this beautiful, flowing, loving energy, and it's coming through your ear and it's hitting your heart. And you're trying to interpret it into words, but it feels to me like your guides are wanting you to interpret it into their language, into their sounds. So my guides, and I feel like most of our guides do, my guides speak to me in vibration. I interpret it into words. So they speak to me in vibration. They don't have our language. Now, I didn't even realize I was doing this until I was channeling for quite some time. And they had said to me, your words are diluted. It's very hard for us to work with your words, your language. And I was like, what do you mean our words are diluted? And they said, well, think about it. What love means to you is different than it means to the person next to you, the person across the street, the person in the background, because you all have experiences that make up that word love. So your language is diluted. Yes, you can go to a dictionary and read the definition, but you still have a personal experience for that word. So they let me understand that they were speaking to me in vibration. And that's why it was so important to develop my symbolic language of my soul. And when I developed the symbolic language of my soul, because they speak to you intimately to you, Deborah, they're speaking intimately to you. My guides speak intimately to me and they use my life experience for me to understand what they're, what they're trying to communicate through vibration. And then I interpret it in words. I feel like what's happening to you is that you're not necessarily meant to use words, but you're trying to figure it out in a logical way. So what I invite you to do is to flow with the energy and I, you don't need to wait until it happens again. You can use your memory as to what it felt like and then just make sound, allow sound to come out. And I'd also like you to use your hands and your body because they may want to use the vibration inside your body as well. So use your hands, use sounds, just let anything come out. I would draw the flow. Color is so important because our souls are not, um, for me, they are not made up of words. They're made up of like music and sound and color, right? Again, we dilute with language. So I would invite you to just let that energy flow in you. I would, I would say right now, you know, close your eyes, feel it coming through. And everybody can do this, whether it's Deborah's experience or anybody, you could feel the energy and you can feel the energy working into your heart and then see if it wants to go down your body and you can move around with it. And then as you're moving around to it, you want to make sound. And you, I would like you to use your hands and your body first, because I feel like spirit is wants me to invite you to do that. Because right now, like if I was on a video right now, you would see that I'm taking my fingers and I'm moving the sound out of my mouth. So I would, I'd like you to do that. I'd also like you to, to fill a bath get under the bath where you're covering everything except your nose, right? Because you need to breathe. And I'd like you to feel the flow of this energy. And then I'd like you to make sounds out of your mouth again. I feel they want to, in, they want to bring through you a special language for them. So, because that's what we call it, a language. And they want you to get out of your way of thinking and just really play with it and be with it. So I really would like you to do that. I feel that you will enjoy it completely. And I feel you will learn a lot from it. I did it. Um, I had um, vertigo once and I went into the bath and I submerged my whole body except my nose. And then I just allowed sound to come out and it balanced my body. And I feel like you're going to find a really uh, fascinating way to be with your guides in this way. Okay. Vicki. Hi, Marilyn. I've been enjoying the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. 
My question is about spirit guides. Mine come through as characters I love from a movie. I love this. I'm going to tell you why I love this, Vicky, before I read the rest of your question. When I first started opening up to my guides, um, my guides weren't scary. The first guide that came through was a gnome. But everything, you know, deceased people coming to me was a little bit unnerving. I didn't really love it, to be honest with you, in the beginning. I was fascinated, but didn't love it, didn't understand it, thought it was my PTSD, and then realized it was deceased people coming in. And I remember going to the first, one of the first mediums I worked with, and she told me that um, somebody that she knew had animated characters because she could not handle physical beings, right? Sometimes we're like, you go into a, um, I know for me, I'm very sensitive to space. I'll go into a hotel and I used to be like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. My mother used to say that. She'd be like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it because I knew she had it, but like she didn't realize it. Like we were both like afraid of the basement because we knew there were things down there that go bump in the night. And she'd be like, I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. So I feel like for you, your comfort zone is these movie characters. And it doesn't matter how they show up. It, it That's where I keep stressing the fact that we're our own instrument. And just because everybody out there that's a famous medium or whatever you want to call them doesn't do it this way does not mean that you're doing it wrong. So I would like play with that. I would be with that. Who cares? One of my best guides is Sal Minio. He taught me everything. You know, that's what my next podcast is going to be about. He didn't teach me everything. My guides taught me everything. He got me to believe in myself. And then he taught me stuff. So what do I consider in terms of their message? So this is a great question. So I'm going to read her question again. My question is about spirit guides. Mine can, can come through as characters I love from a movie. For example, what do I consider in terms of their message? Is it from the perspective of the character, the movie, or is it just so that the guide is familiar and I'm comfortable with them coming through this way? Um, thank you if you get to my question. It's both. You want to look at everything as information and you'll know if it falls flat if that's not what it is. So say Cary Grant came through, right? From, I can't think of a Cary Grant movie right now. And Pillow Talk, I think, is a movie with Cary Grant with Doris Day. I don't know why I'm going old time, but I am. And Cary Grant came through and um, I should probably think of something. But anyway, you would want to think about the scene if that's is that's attached to it. Like if you're seeing Cary Grant in a particular scene with Doris Day and they're having a fight. and, and um, But it's really because they love each other and they're sexually attracted to each other, but they're having a fight. You want to take that information and look at it and say, okay, what is that trying to say to me in my life right now? What do I feel about that? But then you also want to take the guide and say a particular movie character comes to you work with that guide separately. Say, what do you want me to know today? What's your favorite color? Play with them. What do you think about that tree outside my window? I don't care if they don't answer you, just play and get into conversation with them. And by getting into conversation and also looking at the information, you're going to get into a better understanding of how these guides want to communicate with you. So in other words, you're not putting a period at the end of the sentence. You're doing my dot, dot, dot technique, which is investigation work, right? And by asking questions and exploring it and being with it and not making a right or wrong about it, then you get to really have a full-on experience with it, which I think is wonderful. So great work. Denise, I've been playing around with scrying and would love to learn further about this method of receiving guidance. Thank you. So Denise, scrying is what you would see when people look into a crystal ball. So there's different ways that you could play around with scrying. Um, you can play it with a, a clear bowl with water over a black cloth looking into the water. Um, people do it with, I think, with black glass as well. There's different ways that you could use scrying. 
I am not an expert in scrying. I remember trying it. And there's a book called um, Develop Your Psychic Skills by Enid Hoffman, E-N-I-D Hoffman. And I remember her describing it in there. I'm pretty sure that's where I saw it. So I had the black cloth, I had the bowl, and you're supposed to stare over it and, and supposed to see smoke coming out of it. And then you know that you're getting somewhere and then you would see images. And I remember I got as far as like the smoke coming out of it. But I haven't done this in a really long time, Denise. So at that point in my studies, I was trying to do everything that I teach you not to do. I was trying to do it by the book. I'm super clairvoyant. I was super clairvoyant outside the gate. You know, it was like one of my first gifts that were on. And if I had just let myself alone, it'd probably be really interesting to see what would happen. So what Spirit is asking me to ask you is to find a technique that you want to work with, whether it's a crystal ball whether it's the bowl over black, whether it's the black glass I use, think people use, find what you want to use, okay? And just play with it. Just play with the images coming up and coming out. So it's another way of communicating clairvoyantly. It's another way of seeing. And I'm not the expert to teach you on this. We can try and find somebody who does scrying to teach it in uh, Membership for Your Soul. But um, for now, what I feel like Spirit is showing me, and you know what, I may want to try it out now to see what would happen. Whatever technique or method you use, um, what they want you to do, scrying for me is, so there's third eye projection, which I know you know, third eye projection. There's things you could see in your third eye, with which you would see actually with your eyes closed or in your third eye. There's third eye projection, which you see something projected out into the room, which is kind of like a scrying thing, which would be right now I'm seeing a ankh on the wall, but the ankh isn't really there, but I'm seeing a drawn ankh on the wall. And then they're showing me a robins flying by, but there's really not a red robin flying by, but that's what they're showing me. That's third eye projection. My eyes are open. I'm looking into my physical world and they are showing me a clairvoyant image coming by, right? So that to me is a little bit more like scrying. So then it's like, so you would go into the bowl, but you would see these images in the physical. And I feel like you would probably be able to see, and I could be wrong. Again, this is not an expertise of mine, but I'm going by my guides right now. Th uh, Three-dimensional items and figures. That's what it feels like to me. So sometimes I will see, a lot of us see, right? The third dimensional things that it's like, oh my goodness, there's a guy standing over there. Oh, that's a lamppost. Or I actually saw the physical people that were dead walking around as if they were really real people. So I feel like I just want you to play with it and allow it to be with you. Don't try to get like, definitely read, maybe read up about it a bit, try some exercises, but don't get too uh, in debt. I feel like your water is gonna be really good for you to work with scrying. So play with it and see what happens and play with it in a bath for some reason. I don't know why but they're suggesting that like some type of water, even the ocean, like pulling the water out, but you look beyond what is in the depth of the water. You're looking differently. For me, scrying is like a whole, I feel like it's a great way to open your third eye because it's a whole other way of seeing. So we're not seeing, like we're, our eyes are open, we're looking at something physical, but we're not seeing the physical thing. We're seeing beyond that. So that's what I feel like it is. And because I feel like I do that, uh, clairvoyantly anyway. So now I, um, now you're getting me interested in wanting to play with it again, because I'm like, Hmm, I bet I, mm -hmm, yeah, that would be interesting. Okay. Nancy, how can I expand that gut feeling when you've thought that someone is going to cut you off in traffic? So you're ready. And then they do, you know, it's a feeling or a protector advance warning system. How can I see expand to become more aware to experience these feelings or movements of higher power advice and intervention? Well, Nancy, I have one simple answer for you. Join Membership for Your Soul 
and you will learn how to use your gifts. Okay, that was my little sales pitch. Since I don't have um, advertising on here, I'm going to be my own advertiser. Uh, Nancy, really, it's, it is that simple, though. It's we're learning how to work with you, your instrument, and also doing it on a regular basis so that you're learning it and you're honing it. That's why a lot of people, their psychic gifts can be in and out because if they're not working with them all the time or learning how to work with them, they're in and out. So with your intuitive gut feeling, the next time it happens, I want you to pay attention to things. Where is it sitting? Is it sitting in your stomach? If it was a color, what color would it be? How does it feel throughout your body? Is there a warning symbol beforehand? Is it a gut feeling and then a vision? Because sounds like, or is it a hearing? Are you hearing somebody's going to cut you off in traffic? Pay attention to how the information is coming into your body. Again, I'm going to stress your body's the instrument. Pay attention to how it's coming into your body. And then the more you start recognizing it, the more it will happen and the more you'll act upon it as well. So the thing about intuition for me is I teach people intuition and uh, I, th I have an old class in Membership for Your Soul about intuition, but the thing about intuition is the way, this is my way. The way you learn about intuition is by going against it. So because it's such a physical tool in your body that you go against it and that you're like, oh, there's that gut feeling. How many times do you have that gut feeling? You're like, there's that gut feeling, but I already said yes. There's that gut feeling. I said, yes, how do I say no now? And we go against it and then we're like, yeah, knew it. So I, that's why I'm like, people then they beat themselves. I'm like, don't beat yourself up over it. It's a great moment for you to have the barometer of your body. So that's how I'd have you work with it. And then what I'd have you do is before you go into a situation, check in with those parts of yourself. What's my gut instinct about going into this office building? What does it want to tell me about going in here? Play with it. What does it feel like? What does it feel like that I'm going to meet this guy um, and have a meeting with him? What does it feel like? Does he feel like he's going to be nice? I feel like that's how you have to work with it. But you don't go to the gym and get a six pack overnight. You have to work on it repeatedly. So that's my answer there. Lena, after our loved ones are transitioned, how long before they give us messages or signs or any communication? Is time and space relevant or exist? So I really love this question, Lena, because as much as I'm going to answer it, I'm going to tell you this is the answer that works for me. I don't know that it is a full on the right answer. So I feel like, so this is what many mediums will not read people until after three months, the spirit has passed for three months. Usually it's because the person is grieving and can't hear the messages. It was also thought that the person that is transitioning needs that time to kind of get settled before they're able to communicate. My experience has been this. It depends on the spirit. It depends on how conscious they were on the earth plane before we can communicate with them in the afterlife. I do find that there's a period of time, about three to seven days right after they passed, that they are still very present in this consciousness. So communication could be somewhat quick and easy. Now, if the person who lost a loved one cannot receive the information, it's usually too tricky to read them because they, and this, this, this always happens. It's so amazing to me. And it's, it's something I mentioned in the last episode about that friend of mine after a party was asking me questions about his brother. And I was like, I have to give him a message and I haven't given it to him yet. And he keeps waiting for his brother to show up the way his brother was. Like he felt his brother and then he doesn't feel him anymore. 
And I'm like, well, they're working on the other side. So if you're expecting your loved ones to sound like they used to sound like, to be like they used to be like, they're not going to be. They may come in like smoking a cigarette or playing cards because they want you to recognize that that's them, but they're not still in that place. They're showing you they're having fun. So things they relate to in the um, earth plane, they're doing. So many times like a father doesn't want to be on the platform above you. They want to walk with you. They want to grow with you. That's why I have a different experience of mediumship, of talking to deceased loved ones than I feel like other people do. I don't feel like, I feel like there's other people like me. So um, I remember a friend's father coming through and I was like, he doesn't want you putting him on the plat the the platform anymore. Like he can't be higher than you. And this friend did, wasn't able to hear it because they were thinking already that they didn't because they had a difficult relationship with their father. But no matter what, that hierarchy is established father-son, father-daughter, you know? So we still have something in us and you, and to see them as different people, that's what you really need to do is to be able to see them as different people. So the answer to this question is, it depends on the person. I've had people that have passed who have come in as different consciousness, but strong enough that I could read them and it hadn't been that long because they had done so much work on the earth plane or they were just accelerated on the other side. Then I've had people that you, I couldn't bring through because they are still doing work. Or then you have people you can bring through for a period of time, but then they go off and do work and you can't bring them through and then they may come back. So for me, I wanna write a book about this, but I'm not there yet, it'll probably be a couple of years. Um, it's about consciousness a lot, even on the other side. And then there's the question to me of, are you really speaking to the deceased loved one or are you speaking to a consciousness that's still around, even though it might be an elevated consciousness? So it, there's a lot of exploration to do in this. But for me, that is time space is not relevant. It's relevant for us. For them, it's not. But I do believe they still do work on the other side. Okay. Camille. Marilyn, is there a geometry geometry of a higher dimensional energy that we're able to tap into for psychic mediums? How do we access this? My answer to this would be yes, Camille, and that it's always evolving and always opening up and always changing and growing. So the way that you would open up to this, for me, Camille, this is what I would suggest to you, is I would picture what you feel like it is or where it's at. I would start with possible breath work to it, possible inner vision. So when I teach, you know, talking with your guides, Camille knows my, my work. Um, I teach an inner, inner awareness. So if I closed my eyes, we can all do this now. And I pictured a geometric energy out there and I don't need to see it clearly. I just have a feel and it's in my vision field. I have a feel for it. And then I internally focus on it. And my intention is to, to internally focus on it and it's gonna help me to elevate my mediumship ability. So everything's this is why I say I am the instrument. So I'm working with this energy, I'm calling it in. My intention is to elevate my mediumship ability right away because I'm able to push everything else out and just focus on that, that inner, uh, site is so important for stuff like this, I'm able to walk into it right away. And then I feel cubes and I feel different type of um, 
patterns and I feel different types of metrics also in there. And then I feel like a tunneling and then I feel like there's an energy to the side of me that has a lot of light, but I'm continuing to walk through it. So my answer to you is to use your own capabilities to create it and to not look at a formulaic way to approach it. This is a great question. It's already speaking to your heart and soul. Just do it is what Spirit's saying. Access it. They said you don't need permission to access it. You don't need to wait for someone to show you here's the door. Pretend the door is there. If you think it's a door and they gave you permission, say, Spirit, do I have permission to go in there? Oh, no, okay. Not right now. I need to do something. Okay, great. You know, Spirit's like, Meryl, we ain't going in there right now because you won't be able to finish this podcast. I'm like, yeah, dude, I got it. Thank you. So like door shut. But you know, that's it. So my whole thing with all this work is we're always empowered. We're always empowered to go deeper. We're always empowered to go um, more expansive. And we don't need the permission of anybody else. Now, there are people that could psychologically, so you want to ground Camille, right? I feel like, I can't say I'm always grounded, but if I was to do that, I would ground. I would go into meditation. I would be in the intention. I may even draw it first and visualize it. I could look at the picture and go into it. I could draw it, just draw lines and then close my eye and see it in my third eye and then project it out and then go into it. I could pick a certain place in the sky and look at it and go into it. I could close my eyes, but feel my inner intention go into a certain place in the sky and go into it. But I would definitely ground, open my chakras, call my guidance in, and then work with that intention and then see what comes through. Now I have to record everything auditorily. So I record it on a recorder. I have to repeat everything that's happening. Otherwise I won't remember it. So that's what I'm going to give you. All right. I think I'm going to take, man, these are such amazing questions. I'm having so much fun answering them. I hope you're liking them. Um, so Pat asks, how to quiet mind chatter to let guides messages come in? And so Pat, I covered this a bit and really I feel like the best answer for that, what is the best answer for you for that? I know Pat, I would first for you, Pat, what I would start saying is up until now I had mind chatter and couldn't hear my guides. And then, you know, what your guides just said, why not make the mind chatter your guides? What would happen if all of a sudden all your mind chatter was your guides? So you would say, you know, uh, Pat, think of a color right now. What color do you think? What color do you see? Red. Okay. I see red. And then your mind chatter comes in. You didn't see red. Your guides didn't give you red. Oh, are my guides talking to me? Do they, are they telling me it's not red? Is it not red? Did I not see red? No, you saw blue. Oh, I saw blue. I would just get into communication with it. I would just lean into it. I would mess it up, man, because I don't know how else to tell you to stop mind chatter. Like for me, I I think I went past the mind chatter quickly with channeling and with my guides because of all the dream work I did. And all the dream work required me to trust the first thing that came up. The other thing I'd have you do, Pat, is I would have you work with the different gifts, clairvoyancy is clairaudience. I'd work with those two. And then I'd have you trust it for 30 days, no matter what. But I would have you do it during a certain time and space. So say from two to three o'clock every day, you're going to work on it. Or from two to three on Mondays, eight to nine, like say a half an hour a day, an hour a day. And I would go into that space and talk to your guides because I channeled, I feel it pretty much every single day. 
in order to build this muscle and get it stronger. And then, of course, I had doubt. I put that mini me on top of, you know, on my shoulder. I know I've shared that in past episodes. If you don't remember it, I don't know if it's in membership. I think it is. And if not, just hit me up in membership and I'll teach it a membership again. But I, I would put that little mini me on me and be like, am I manipulating? My little mini me, we had a deal. She'd be like, yeah, you're manipulating or no, you're not. So you have to work with it, not against it. You're like waiting till it turns off completely before you hear your guides and your guides are like, we're talking to you. We're talking to you through the mind chatter. But the biggest thing I'm going to tell you, and this is always a game changer for most people, is trust for 30 days. Just say, I'm going to trust for 30 days and I'm talking to my guides. I'm not going to negate it. Now, my question to you, Pat, because you've done a lot of work with me, what, how is the mind chatter showing up? So if you could hit me up in membership and let me know how the mind chatter is showing up, I'll probably be able to work with you even deeper with it and give you better suggestions as well. Great question. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I only have two more questions left. Let's get to them. Donna. Donna says, how do I shield myself? I've been extraordinarily sensitive to large crowds and negative people. Donna. Go to my empathic class, use the coupon podcast, and you're going to learn how to do it. So if you go to marilynalauria.com, of course, I'm going to answer this, but I'm only going to give you a piece of it because it's too big. marilynalauria.com, go to classes, look for the empathic class under the Live and Thrive series, put in the podcast coupon, and you're going to get an incredible class about empathic ability for a very low price. So um, here's the thing, Donna, there's different ways to shield yourself. And it's really great that you recognize this. And that's why the empathic class would be really helpful for you because I go through a lot of exercises because you have to know how you feel before you enter into a space. So before I go into a space, this is how I used to do it. I would check out myself. How am I feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling happy. I have joy. I feel at peace. And then I would go into a space, interact with people, and then I would leave the space and be like, how do I feel? Oof. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. Okay. Did somebody say something to me? No. Oh, I was sitting next to Harry and he was angry at his wife. You have to start acknowledging also how you're picking up energy because if you don't acknowledge how it's happening or where it's coming from, you're always going to be, let me just protect myself. Let me just protect myself. Let me just protect myself without the full understanding of how your body is working in these situations. So it's very helpful for me because I can leave a situation. I told this story before of what happened to me when I went into my friend's apartment that was haunted and, and that was suicidal and there was all this stuff. And I left there and I was like, holy mackerel, man, I'm depressed. And I knew it wasn't me. And I called up my friend and I was like, what is going on? That place is haunted. And she's like, yeah, I know. I had the same experience with it, blah, 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 blah. And she confirmed it for me. So I was able to say, ah, now I get it. Now, there's different techniques to shield yourself. So you have to find which one is right for you. I'm going to give you my favorite one. I surround myself in pink roses. So I see myself surrounded in pink roses. You have to play with distance. Um, some people like things up against them. I don't. I like about, they're probably about two feet out from my body, two to three feet out. They surround me and it feels very loving, really great. And when I used to use this, so I would surround myself in pink roses. You have to ground too. You have to know how to ground and to breathe. But I would surround myself with pink roses. I'd go running in this park where I just wanted to go for a run. And there was always these nice gentlemen that wanted to talk to me. And I was, sometimes I would stop and talk to them. Sometimes I was like, I'm too busy. I just need the run. And I'd surround myself with pink roses and go running in the park. And I would pass them and they wouldn't even see me. And I'd be like, this is really good. <laughs> this is great. I'm protected and they're not seeing me. 
So play with things like that. You could put Archangel Michael between you and the person. When I get triggered on the tennis court with someone, their energy, I put Jesus between us. Just heal the triggers between us. It's not heal that person, make that person a better person, because it's not up to me to say who's right, who's wrong. It's up to me to understand there's an experience happening. Jesus just heal between the two of us. So that is the stuff that I would give you, but I would definitely check out that empathic class. I don't think you're in membership. If you are, there's an empathic class in membership, another class that I did. Go check that out. Okay, sweetie. Dashka. Dashka's is more a little bit about a reading. As I'm stepping up and out to be more comfortable being seen as an intuitive healer, what does spirit want me to know about building my healing practice that is abundant, especially offering distance healing? I'm ready to deep dive. You know, you said it in your first sentence, Dashka, as I'm stepping up and out to be more comfortable being seen as an intuitive healer. Let me talk about this second. When we're selling our own brand and when we're selling ourselves, selling, how does that make you feel? Does that freak you out? Oh, I'm a fraud. How can I be selling myself? I'm selling these gifts. What story do you tell yourself? You really want to get clear on that because there's a lot of stories out there about selling these types of capabilities. And you have to see if you have any of those stories running rampant in your, your system. That's the first thing that spirit's stopping me on. After you like, so you get clear about it, you may not be able to heal it overnight. You may have to go out and do the work, sell your services and see how it feels. Okay. Or you may get like what happened to me early on when I was dealing with, you know, the Catholicism stuff and people would be like, Jesus didn't sell his stuff. I don't get that anymore. Uh, I have the answer for it. Jesus could turn one loaf of bread into 50 loaves of bread. If Jesus was alive today, I think he'd be a multi-billionaire tithing, tithing like 95% of his money. So it's a, it's an antiquated answer. It's an antiquated question that I have no patience for. It's a scarcity mindset, right? So I just don't have any patience for it anymore. I don't get it. But pay attention to questions that you may be getting around that because that was a trigger point for me and I had to work through it. I, <laughs> I wonder if after this podcast, if I'm going to get like one of those questions, I'll be like, you, you bitch. Anyway, um, so pay attention to that first. Stepping up and out to be more comfortable being seen as an intuitive healer. The way that you do that is by continuing to do the work that you're doing. Dashka's in my program, so I know her very well. And you're doing it, sweetie. You're doing it more and more. You want to do it from a place of organic growth, right? So it's, it's always a process. Dashka, I'm getting to a whole other level where I'm starting to get on my soapbox even more. I'm getting ready to tell more stories about ways that I got wounded and allow myself to get hurt or allowed myself to shut down because of comments or, or, you know, the way people were like the weird competition thing, which I don't even get in this space. Um, and then I had to sit there and go to myself, is this me? Am I the, what's going on? You know, and we do such a number of ourselves. That's why self-esteem and confidence is the most important thing to continue to build on this journey, right? So really the answer to this, it's not about growing your gifts because your gifts naturally grow. It's about growing your own personal self, your own person, your own being. The more you continue to work on you, your psychological being, the way you believe in yourself, the way you hold yourself, the self-esteem, noticing who around you doesn't believe in you and how you deal with that, the more you're going to step out and be an incredible healer even more. It's not about the gifts because you already have the gifts and those will grow naturally. It's about how you use it. So when we aren't comfortable with putting ourselves out there or if there's a shutdown situation, 
we naturally tend to hide and you don't want to hide anymore. So you want to get comfortable with who you are and what you do. Um, what does spirit want me to know about building my healing practice that is abundant, especially offering distance healing? So here's the, the answer to this. I'm going to give you a practical answer because I know you're in a program, another program with someone that I really love and respect, another teacher and membership for your soul. Um, what I would say is, and you're in a good, I feel like she's great. I love her. Um, you have to learn the marketing aspect. You have, to, anybody who wants to have a practice, if you can't get into the business aspect, then partner up with someone who's going to get into the business aspect and help you. I see so many spiritually gifted people that can't get there. They can't get anything off the ground because they just don't have that muscle. I don't like sales. I don't like selling. I love this one. I hear, I don't need money. And then I'm like, okay, I don't want, I don't want to, I'm like, all right, that's great. And then the next question is, but I really want to do this. How do I do it? Well, then just do it then. It, it's like, it baffles me because they're putting, they're shutting down. Cause it's not truth. A lot of times when I hear that from, I'm thinking of somebody and I'm trying to remember how it went down with her. And I was like, all right, that's great. Then just, you know, explore it yourself. But it's a really incredible gift that you could be sharing with others. And she was like, really? I didn't think that. So it was really her self-esteem. It wasn't that she didn't need the money or want the money or it was, had nothing to do with the money. If you don't need or want the money and you have this gift, then freaking give it away. You love doing it. So my answer to you is to grow a, pra a you know, it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. It is not. It is it fun? It's exciting. It's great. But you have to surround yourself with really great people, great coaches that can support you. You have to learn. You have to learn how to do social media. You have to learn how to do um, all the different tools and techniques. And you have to, people are so afraid of hiring. I can't hire anyone if I'm not making money. You can't afford sometimes not to hire someone because you'll never get yourself off the ground. I hired an assistant a year. I was getting really busy with my readings and I couldn't stand talking to people to book the appointments because they would just get me on the phone and be like, and I'd be like, <gasps> and I always wanted to help. And I was like, I need a boundary. I hired someone way before I could afford to hire someone. It was the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. Free up your time with the thing you can't do well and someone can do well gives you so much more time to create. So that's the big part of it. Um, distance healing is all in your head. Distance healing is great. You can definitely do it. When I went from, I was doing uh, in-person readings and I did in-person and phone. I remember when I first started doing phone, um, I was like, oh my goodness, what happens if I don't get anything? So my guide said, well, pull three tarot cards. Don't turn them over. Just have them in front of you. And if you don't get anything, turn the tarot cards and let the tarot cards just speak in and you'll be there. I never even had to turn them over. I would do it at the end of the reading. I'd be like, oh, let's see what the card said. Um, it was great because I didn't have the physical energy of the person. Like I talked about in the other episode about nodding yes when she wasn't understanding. I didn't have any of that. It was such an incredible, great barrier for me, for me to go deeper. So you're going to love distance healing. That's just a, that's just a belief that you have to rewrite. Let it be the most incredible thing. And then sometimes I know when people do distance healing, They'll meet clients that are like, I don't want to do that. I want it to be in person. And then it shuts the healer down. The healer's like, oh, I guess I have to only do it in person. Well, then that's not your client. Or, or you do the physical, the ones in physical, and then you do distant. But that's up to you to decide that you can do distant healing and just do it. But if you don't know how to use simple marketing tools, then your business is going to stay at a smaller level.
All right, I finished all the questions that were asked. Thank you so much, everyone. Yay, yay, yay. So um, check us out. Check me out, MarilynAloria.com. And remember, we have that beautiful podcast coupon that we're still offering for digital courses only, not for the live courses. But if you buy a digital course, you may see a little pop-up that comes up and says, hey, join us a membership for a dollar for 30 days. Um, come join us because we really have, they just did, uh, Aonise did a reading circle. She's done a couple. And what reading circles are is they get on and they practice together. And we, like I said, we do not have an egocentric community at all. Nobody, I don't come from that. I don't look at my community as we're all, we're all in this together, having fun. Yes, I'm the teacher and the organizer of it, but they're teachers too. So she did a reading circle and they love it. They love it. And I love this new person went in and, uh, she was like, I was so new, but it was great. And it's so scary because you're doing like reading circles and readings, but we make it so safe and comfortable. The members do. They're the ones who run it. They make it so safe and comfortable. They add their own little twists in it and techniques and tools. And everybody feels really good. And then you come off empowered. Reading circles are the best way to to enlighten your gifts, expand your gifts, because you, you shock yourself. I can't wait till I can do an in-person retreat and do some of the in-person stuff that I did with people when I was teaching in person because it, it, it blows you away. You're like, how, how did I get that? I didn't even know. We used to put like, everybody would put a question in a bowl, fold up the page so nobody knew who it was. You would take the question out. You wouldn't get to read it. You weren't allowed to read it. You would hold it, a psychometry exercise, and you would do the reading on it. And then you'd open it up and people would be like, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just answered that without even knowing whose it was or what the question was. So it's really cool. So come check it out if you want. Um, if you purchase one of those things, you'll get a little offer, a little invite. And uh, we send you two emails to let you know because um, it bills every 30 days. So if you want to cancel, we're cool with that. And if you want to stay on, we're really cool with that. All right. Remember to rate, subscribe, and share. And thank you so much. Sending you so much love. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. And who can it be now? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs>